Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Seth Jones streaking down the right wing, kept in by Line A at the blue line, finding Domi. Seven seconds left in the game, five seconds in the game. Roslovic sets up Line A, blocked by Slavin. Two seconds left, one second left, and Jacob Slavin with a big block. He'll seal the win for the Canes. 6-5, the final in Columbus. What a big Sunday of afternoon hockey we had. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast, morning after edition. I'm Adam Gold. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for the exterior of your home. If you care about it and you should, you should get a Get up with the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham online, aluminumcompany.com. From roofing to siding to windows, no better place to go than Sammy Hanna's crew at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Uh, Trip Tracy likes to say that sometimes you have to build your game. The Canes built their game today, and I, it was really throughout the lineup. They were okay in the first, okay in the first James Reimer was not great through two periods, but Reimer was pretty good in the third when he had to be. Uh, And the Hurricanes come away with a 6-5 win in Columbus. This one was, oh, crazy. I mean, just an absolute up and, I mean, up and down, but not a lot of shots. That was the weird thing. There was a lot of a lot of play between the 20s, a lot of red zone, uh, you know, uh, squandered opportunities. Uh, but holy cow, it was a fun hockey game. Uh, there was some hitting. There was some weird calls. Uh, the Hurricanes got away with an offside on a goal right before the end of the second period. They were supposed to have a power play carry over to the third. We get to the third. There's no power play. Nobody can figure out why. As it turned out, they allowed the goal to stand but wiped away the penalty. Uh-huh. What? I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't understand that. Um, because... If you challenge a call for offside and you're wrong, um, and at the time, John Tortorella's team was wrong, you get a penalty. But as it turned out, he was right, so the goal should have been wiped off the board, uh, but I guess you can't go back and play those. uh, those, uh, They probably should, though, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, uh, no harm, no foul. The officiating was trash. Nino Niederreiter got a five-minute penalty for not fighting. Yes, that's what I said that out loud. All right, let's uh, let's try to get in uh, as many things as we can here before we flip it to Alec Campbell on the other side of our break. We will be joined by the host of Stormwatch Aftermath and Intermissions on the Canes Radio Network. All right, I mentioned James Reimer struggled. He did. He struggled in the first two periods. Uh, three of the four goals uh, were avoidable. Look, um, Riley Nash in front with a deflection. Uh, I didn't think it really changed direction, but he... he Obviously did something to it, uh, but I think that Reimer gets beat on the Nick Felino shot anyway. Nick Felino comes in two-on-one uh, in the uh, th- second period, 
and uh, Felino kind of gets Reimer leaning toward the middle, and then he beats him really easily short side. That made it uh, 3-2. It was right after the Hurricanes had tied the game. Uh, and then a Max Domi one-timer from a sharp angle uh, beats him over top of his uh, glove side shoulder uh, to make it. That actually tied the game at 4 uh, and I just think that Reimer didn't get a good push over from the middle of his crease to the post uh, and kind of left too much room for Domi there. Uh, I've really thought going into this game that Rod would start Alex Nedeljkovic because Reimer had a lot of work the last few games and maybe just needed the extra day off, and I actually think that that would have been the better move. Um, because if you if it doesn't go well for Reimer in this game, and it obviously didn't, even though the Canes won, then uh, you know if if you lose the first game and Reimer plays, well, then you're relying on the kid, uh, you know, not a rookie but a rookie, uh, to go out and win a game against a hard team to play against. Uh, but they got away with it, and now uh, Alex Nedeljkovic, I'm sure, will start tomorrow. And uh, the Hurricanes, or Monday, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, he'll start Monday later, and uh, it'll they'll already have one win in this series in their pocket. So let's get to a couple of things that I thought were pretty uh, evident to me today. Brett Pesci continues to be their best goal, uh, defenseman. Uh, with all respect to Jacob Slavin, he's still kind of working his way back from the pause, and who knows, maybe Slavin had some symptoms and he's still feeling the effects of it. We don't know, uh, and we'll probably never know. Uh, but Brett, Brett Pesci was dynamite tonight. He has a goal. He had an assist. Uh, almost 25 hard minutes on the ice. And Pesci and Slavin were reunited today, and it feels so good. Uh, those are the two best defensemen on the Hurricanes. Uh, I, have, I see no reason why they can't play together. Splitting them up means you've got your two best defensemen on, other, on, you know, on separate pairings, which creates essentially two top pairs. Uh, but... When Slavin was out, Dougie Hamilton and Brady Shea played pretty well together. Uh, and I thought Dougie was good today. He was certainly good offensively. He had a, he had a goal and an assist. Uh, but I think Brady Shea uh, played a really underrated, really strong game today. Uh, so maybe that's something that Rod Brindamore can uh, kind of lean on, having his two best up top uh, playing heavy minutes in all situations. They split up on the uh, penalty kill anyway. Um, and then Dougie and Shea together. Uh, Shea's a good skater. Hamilton's a great skater. Uh, and maybe it also forces Shea to be a little less risky on offense because Dougie's going to do that. So uh, when Shea is mindful of his responsibilities on the defensive side of the puck, uh, he's a really good player. Uh, and I, think, I thought they were good today together. And I think a lot of that had to do with Shea on the back end. All right, now to my first star of the game. Jordan Stahl. Captain was an absolute freaking horse for 30 minutes. I thought he was good in the first, uh, you know, the first half, but he was a horse for the last 30 minutes of that game. He played 1741. He won 60% of his draws. He had a goal, two assists. The goal was a power play goal with a net front presence uh, where a, a Trocek tip uh, caroms off of Stahl uh, and in past Jonas Corposalo. Uh, that was a, a goal that gave Carolina the lead to stay at 5-4. Uh, then you had, um, he had he, he now has two goals and uh, seven assists 
in seven games played. Two goals and seven assists in seven games played. That's nine points in seven games for Jordan Stahl. If I had told you before the season that you were going to get point-per-game production out of Jordan Stahl, what would you say? Yeah, exactly. I would have said the same thing. Oh, my gosh, the Hurricanes are going to be pretty damn good. Uh, On top of that, Vincent Trocek continues to be spectacular. I've said this a number of times. Sebastian Ajo, Vincent Trocek, Jordan Stahl down the middle right now. And who knows if the if the offensive production is going to keep up. For Stahl, it doesn't have to. For the other two, it does. But right now, there isn't a team in the NHL better down the middle than the Hurricanes. Ajo, Trocek, Stahl. I don't even care what order you put him in. Uh, by minutes played, it's Ajo, Trocek, Stahl. But man, Jordan Stahl was on the ice for a lot of key situations uh, today. So, uh, and I thought, I thought again, I thought he was the best player on the ice. Uh, I also thought Brett Pesci was the best player on the ice, uh, but I made him the second star. And I thought Trocek was the best player on the ice. And through two periods, I thought it was either. I, Pesci was my guy anyway. Uh, but through two periods, I thought it might be Ajo and Svechnikov because uh, they were great. That top line was dynamite. Or I think I, Brock McGinn is a sneaky good part of that line right now. He just he doesn't care. He's throwing his body around. He's he's great on the forecheck. And now you've got uh, Svechnikov, who's becoming a very good forechecker. Uh, it was a steal of a Seth Jones, um, you know, steal right from Seth. I think it was from Seth Jones. No, it was from um, uh, 44. I'm forgetting his, uh, his name. Um, uh, Gavrikov. Um, st- uh, he stole the puck from Gavrikov that led to the McGinn goal. Uh, Svechnikov fed Aho, fed McGinn. Uh, but they have been dynamite as a group. Uh, Trocek and Nina Ryder were both great today. We're still waiting for Tavo, the real Tavo Teravainen, uh, to show up. Although, uh, I thought he was good on the penalty kill today, and maybe that'll get him going because the penalty kill needed to be good. Um, Columbus scored on their second power play and failed to do so on their remaining three. They end up one for five on the power play, which is good for them. Uh, but Carolina has now allowed a bunch of power play goals the last three games. Um, but uh, the Trocheck line was great. Stahl was dynamite. Fogel showed. Uh, Fogel had enough moments today to make you go, see, if you could just do that. Uh, and I think an underrated part of this game is getting Jordan Martinook back on the wing. And I wonder if Brindamore is going to consider that being a thing going forward because Martinook on the wing is so much better than Martinook in the middle, uh, but it brings up a very difficult choice because it really is between two guys, and unfortunately, I think it's really between one, which really means it isn't a choice. I think if he puts Martinook on the wing, it probably means that Ryan Dezingle comes out. And I think Dezingle's played fine. I really do. I think Dezingle has played well. Um, but... Uh, Morgan Geeky played in the middle. But, look, we have a few games probably to kind of let it all sort out uh, because Martin Natchez is not coming back uh, probably for a few games. Uh, so until Natchez is out, we'll let, we'll let the chips fall. Uh, Jesper Foss was good on a fourth line today. I don't think they got him to be a fourth line player. Uh, he is a guy who can play up. And, but I thought, I thought Martinook was noticeably uh, visible today. He was noticeable today playing on the wing. 
Uh, so, uh, so there you go. Uh, let's get to the, uh, the highlights. We'll do a quick recap, then we'll break and talk with Alec Campbell on the other side. It started uh, 10.07 in. Patrick Lyonet on the power play. It was the second power play of the game for Columbus from Seth Jones and Jack Roslovic, who actually, I thought Roslovic uh, looks like a nice little player. I don't think he's much of a number one center, uh, but he can be a, uh, you know, a, a two, three center type, but he looks like a good player to me. 25 seconds after the Blue Jackets took a one nothing lead, it was Brock McGinn finishing a play from behind the goal. Kane's able to keep the puck in the zone as Jake Gardner pinching from his position, looking for McGinn behind the net. Kane's keeping it. Oh, to McGinn, he scores! The quick answer from Carolina and tic-tac-tie in Columbus. Tic-tac-tie. Very nice. Uh, that was the first of at least two really good Mike Maniscalco-isms today. Uh, Riley Nash would make it 3-1 a little bit later on. Uh, he was in front when Nick Felino thought he scored his 200th career goal. It was not his 200th career goal. 15-34, Nash from Felino and Savard makes it 2-1, and that was the way the period ended. Uh, I didn't think Carolina was bad. They were just bleh. They were just there. Um, I thought it was a relatively even period. The two power plays for Columbus mattered. Uh, the second one got them the first goal. Uh, and then Felino uh, threw Nash and threw Reimer. I didn't think, I thought, I think Reimer probably wants it back, even though there was a deflection, made it 2 1. Uh, 7 23 into the second period, Carolina got even. And they got even because Warren Fogle was uh, second whack time after uh, Dezingle and Stahl did some really good work behind the net. Stahl fed Fogle in front. His first shot didn't get all the way through. Michael Delzato blocked it with a skate, but it fell right back to Fogle, who pushed it in. And it was 2-2 early on. Then Felino finally gets his 200th goal of the season from Gavrikov and Savard, his fourth not 200th goal of the season. That would be a record. 200th goal of his career, fourth of the year. It was basically seven minutes later. Uh, and Columbus has a 3-2 lead. It was their first shot on goal of the period. And they score a goal on it. And again, Reimer uh, was cut sort of leaning to the middle, left the short side wide open. Um, and Carolina really was dominating the period. So it made that... That development that Columbus is back on top 3-2, it just made that disappointing because Carolina was really absolutely taking it to Columbus. Ajo had a chance all, all alone in front uh, that I think Corpusalo got a piece of it and then it hit the post. McGinn had a chance all alone in front that Corpusalo made a good save on. Uh, he, I think Jonas Corpusalo played a pretty good game. I know they scored six goals on him, uh, but he played a pretty good game because there could have Again, for the second straight night uh, or second straight game, Carolina could add eight, nine, maybe ten goals. Uh, and then, and Brett Pesci finally finished off a big play. Martinuk's attempt misses the net, but Foss is able to get a body to it. Martinuk digs it out, sends it to the point. Pesci shot, they score! From the left point, Brett Pesci wrists one. We'll wait to see for a deflection, but the Canes come back with the answer and tie to three. There was a deflection. I thought it was Martinuk that deflected it. 
uh, but I guess it was off a Columbus defender. Um, but Martinook made the play. Now, officially, it's it's Pesci from Martinook. Martinook, with good work behind the net, kind of lunged and poked the puck towards Pesci uh, near the point, and Pesci got a shot on uh, goal that was deflected halfway through. And again, it looked like it was Martinook's deflection, uh, but as of right now, it's Brett Pesci's first goal of the season. And that, what are we, nine games in now, was the first goal of the season from a defenseman. It wouldn't be the last today, but that was the first goal of the season from a defenseman that came at 1635. Two minutes and 10 seconds later, Pesci was at it again. Carolina, just a step quicker right now than the Blue Jackets here late in the second period. Now it's Pesci looking for number two, and the rebound, and they score! Pesci gets the assist, Trocek gets the goal, and the Canes get the lead for the first time this afternoon, 4-3. Great work from Pesci just to get the shot through. He had to work hard to get it through. Trocek on the doorstep with a little backhand flip uh, gets it past Corpusalo uh, and Carolina. Uh, now is uh, up 4-3. It was their first lead of the game. They dominated. They scored uh, three times in the, in the second period. Could have had probably three more. Uh, and that's how it was through 40 minutes. It was 4-3 Carolina. 2:08 into the third period. I really thought Carolina was pretty good early in the third. Uh, then Max Domi tied it on a one-timer from a sharp angle. Uh, again, I, I mentioned this earlier in the very beginning of this. I really thought that uh, Reimer didn't get a good push over to the post, left too much room, and Domi deposited. It's now 4-4, but three and a half minutes later, it was, you want to hear it again? I do. It's a power play goal, and it's the captain. Stahl, they're working around the top to Hamilton, to Ajo, at the right dot. Now it's Hamilton, bless, they score on the power play! The Canes get the lead right back, flipped it from the blue line and that might have gone off Vincent Trocek's chin for his second goal of the game. It didn't go off Trocek's chin. It is worth noting that Trocek took a puck to the face in the first period and had to leave the uh, leave the ice, but just like Brett Pesci the game before, Trocek came back in and was fine and was dominant. It's deflected off Trocek, but it also deflects off Jordan Stahl uh, and in, and Carolina is back in front Five, four, five minutes later, Dougie Hamilton is, I don't know, uh, throwing batting practice. I'm not sure what, it, what we call Carolina's Dougie Hamilton. He puts one in the air and he scores. Oh, little Ethos pitch from Dougie Hamilton. And it eludes Corpusalo and the Canes. They stake their lead to 6-4. All right. Do we have to do uh, an explanation of what an EFIS pitch is? <laughs> an EFIS pitch, essentially, and I'm trying to remember the big league pitcher who threw an EFIS pitch. I'm embarrassed because I should know this. And he really just flipped it at the goal, and it looked like uh, like Savard uh, tried to bat it down, and all he did was bat it through Corpusalo. Uh, Hamilton gets his first goal of the season. It was his second point. Dezingle uh, gets his second point, second assist, uh, from Dezingle and Stahl. Uh, that made it 6-4. Patrick Lyonet was not done. Uh, second shot from the Ovechkin spot. This with the extra attacker on and the empty net. Uh, his fifth of the season, third with the Blue Jackets in three games from Jones and Roslovic. That made it 6-5, and it just made it hairy. Seth Jones streaking down the right wing. Kept in by Lyonet at the blue line. Finding Domi. 
Seven seconds left in the game. Five seconds in the game. Roslovic sets up lining. Blocked by Slavin. Two seconds left. One second left. And Jacob Slavin with a big block. He'll seal the win for the Canes. 6-5, the final in Columbus. What a big Sunday of afternoon hockey we had. It was a big Sunday of afternoon hockey. I don't even, I, like, it was just wild. It was a wild, wild, fun game. Uh, Rod Brindamore has plenty of video work to do because uh, there were still some breakdowns defensively. Um, but ultimately, Carolina created a bunch of chances, and if you if you pay attention to such things, they're essentially last in the NHL before today uh, in shooting percentage as a team. It's like 6%. Um, normal is about 9 across the league. If that gets to normal, Carolina's offense is going to be lethal. Absolutely lethal. They're just creating so many good opportunities. They have plenty of chances to score today. Again, uh, the number could have been 10 very easily. Uh, The number in Chicago when they played poorly could have been 8 or 9 very easily. Uh, Sometimes it's the goaltender. Sometimes it's just not cashing in. Uh, Jordan Stahl missed a wide open, uh, you know, opportunity in the first period when the puck bounced over a stick. Uh, Seth Jones was there and maybe bothered him a little bit. Aho, McGinn, Niederreiter, they had great chances to score uh, and it just didn't go. Uh, but I, you're not, you're not going to score on all of them, but man, they had some amazing chances. So, uh, but Carolina did put six on the board today and they win it six to five. They are now seven and two. Second straight Super Bowl Sunday win for Carolina after losing three straight on Super Sunday. Uh, so with that said, we're going to take a break. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about it with Alec Campbell on the other side. It's the Morning After podcast. You can subscribe to this. All you have to do uh, is go wherever you get your podcast. Search Kane's Corner Podcast uh, and it shows up in your phone. Give us a rating if you will. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to see or hear. And we'll try to do it for you. Uh, this is the Kane's Corner Podcast. Alec Campbell on the other side. All right, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Intermissions, Canes Radio Network, my friend, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3, at Alec Campbell 5 on Twitter. Trip Tracy likes to say, uh, sometimes you have to build a game. Is that what we sort of saw, not only from the Canes, but even from James Reimer today? Yeah, I think I think they definitely built a game, because I don't think the first period, I think the, the first period was their worst period, probably, of the three. Um, although I still don't know that they ended up playing the game that Rod Brindamore wants them to play. I don't, I don't think he really wants them to get into these six, five type games uh, where they take five penalties and give up another power play goal. Um, but the second period was easily, you know, was definitely better than the first one and they were able to grab a lead after going down. So I like that about their game tonight. Uh, they were, they did, exhibit some level of resilience throughout the game. Cause I mean, it was like they were down and then they came back and then they were down and they tied it and they took a lead and then it got tied again. And then they took a two goal lead. Mm-hmm. So I liked a lot of what I saw today, but I still think that there are, I mean, obviously places where they can clean up. I'm not sure they've ne- they've necessarily fixed some of the, some of the defensive <clears throat> issues that they have, but, um, but I, you know, I'm not going to complain about a, I'm not going to complain about a win. Um, so I, I well, like that would a lot be of negative, it. Nancy. If you did that, well, and I like I like that they got you know contributions from different guys, and they got the the defense involved in terms of the scoring too, which was the first time this year that we've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so there was a lot to like about it, but I'm still not sure it's the type of game Rod Brindamore wants to see. No, they gave up. Uh, he, I mean, they only gave up 22 shots on goal, but I think they gave up a lot of really good chances that he doesn't want to see. Uh, and for the most part, I mean, James Reimer didn't look like he was going to be able to save them uh, today. I, yeah. it, for, for By my count, I, I had three of the first four goals being ones that Reimer, you know, if you asked him, would you like to have those back? He'd probably say, yeah. Uh, the Riley Nash goal, which to me, he gets the deflection goal, but I didn't really think it changed direction. Uh, I thought he should have had that. I thought he should have had the, well, I don't know if he should have had the Felino goal, but he made it easier on Felino on the two-on-one where he was caught leaning to the middle and Felino had the entire short side uh, to deal with. And the, the Max Domi goal uh, that tied it at four early in the third period, just looked to me like yeah. there wasn't a, a, a good hard push to the post. He just looked a little sluggish getting over there. Uh, by the way, it would be understandable. He's played a lot if he was a little bit weary, even though they've had two games off. he's uh, He's been a busy guy, busier than uh, than anybody expected him to be so far. Yeah, I would agree. He didn't have his sharpest game for sure. Um, Polino was destined to score. He was going to score today because <laughs> yes. he had like two great chances in the first period and didn't score. And then, you know, I thought he scored, but it turned out to be Riley Nash's goal. Um, and then he ended up, you know, scoring in the second period. So he was going to score at some point yeah. during the game, but yeah, they didn't get their best goaltending performance. He has played a lot. That's the one thing that I think we keep going back to with Reimer is that, you know, he's just, he's not going to be a guy who can play day in and day out. So yeah. they got to have the, the tandem, thing working and I'm very confident we will see Alex Nadelkovich tomorrow yeah. especially considering he's from that area and uh, you know maybe he'll have a couple of family members that get to come see him uh, play. He's uh, from Parma, Ohio which is a suburb of Cleveland who is uh, yeah. based on Google yeah. Maps uh, it is two hours and three minutes down uh, I-71 something like that either 71 or 77 uh, Parmesan so, cheese capital of the world. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, before we get to the stars, uh, the only thing that I really want to get to about the, the difference in the lineup, and you and I talked about it in the uh, second intermission, um, Pesci and Slavin back together, Hamilton and Shea together, uh, and they played together while, um, while Slavin was out. And I thought they played very well together. I thought Brady Shea really elevated his game. Uh, what would you see from that foursome today? Uh, I think I liked them for the most part. Um, I still think there's a level defensively that we need Dougie to get back to because that was the thing last year that I think set him apart. I mean, we all know he can score goals. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I remember seeing anything egregious from either one of them. But, you know, maybe, maybe – playing together <laughs> makes them elevate in that way. Um, whereas when you're playing with a guy named Jacob Slavin, maybe he covers a bunch of things up for you. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I liked both their games, I guess, for the most part, I didn't hate their games. And Dougie finally got on the board, despite the fact that he <laughs> threw a floater from, <laughs> from, uh, from the blue line. It had an illegal arc. Got a little bit lucky, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I liked both their games, but I mean, I I I liked Pesci a lot yeah. tonight. I thought he was awesome. 
Um, I thought Slavin was better, and he made the play of the game for me at the end. Mm-hmm. So um, those were the two guys that I was really watching more than anyone. Yeah, they were uh, Pesci and Slavin were awesome. I thought today. I be- I'll bet you that our stars are pretty doggone close. Uh, once again, maybe we uh, maybe we know what we're watching. I I have no idea. Um, all right, so uh, let's get to stars, and then we'll uh, we'll figure out something else to talk about before we uh, before we go watch the Super Bowl. Um, give me. Do you have your three stars? Do you have? Did you write them yeah. down, or you want me to go first again? Um, no, you you can go ahead. I didn't write them down, but I remember them. All right, my uh, my third star was Vincent Trocheck. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only took a puck to the face. Because yeah. apparently a hurricane must take a puck to the face basically every game. Uh, took a puck to the face, but I thought he was awesome, uh, especially from the start of the second period on. Uh, he won 10 of 14 faceoffs. Uh, yep. He had two points, including uh, the goal from uh, that was really a great play by Pesci, too, uh, to, get, uh, to get out in front uh, and Trocek. Um, that was the third goal of the period for Carolina. Put him up 4-3. Uh, but I had Trocek as the third star. I had Pesci as the second star, but this is really a 1A, one, 1A, one 1B one one type of thing for me. And I had uh, Jordan Stahl as the first star. How is, I mean, what is going on with that guy? Nine points in seven games. I don't know, man. Like, he's turned back the clock, I guess, a little bit. But, I mean, the thing about it is, is like, I don't, I don't know that he has to be um, like we always talk about his body and his athleticism and stuff like that. And I think like he just, he plays the type of game that's very like technical. Um, I mean, he just knows where to be and how to mm-hmm. do stuff so he can still be really effective, you know? So I don't know. He's just been, he's just been on point, but like he's scoring a ton of points too, man. Like he's been super productive in a three point day today. So, um, he makes the play you know, on the Vogel goal. Right, he's just a, he's just a crafty veteran, man. He just knows how to play. That's all he knows where to be. Doesn't put himself in a lot of bad situations. Um, he wins faceoffs, so he's he's just been awesome. I mean, as your third center too. So. Right? Are you allowed to be a crafty veteran if you're not a left-handed pitcher? Uh, yeah, you can be crafty veteran okay, for I, sure. Uh, I thought he made the play on the Fogel goal and Dezingle too. I thought Dezingle was pretty good in this game. Uh, yeah, he was. So, um, but those two guys with work behind the net. And then he feeds Fogel with, and uh, you know, Warren's showing flashes of the Fogel we need to see. Uh, but he makes that play. And then he got an assist on the, uh, the Hamilton lob goal. Uh, but uh, so what were your stars? So I had Trocek number three, Pesci number two, Stahl number one. <laughs> we saw the yeah. same game. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. Um, we, we talked in the second period. Uh, and, I, you know, I was on Pesci early, but... Uh, I thought Aho and Svechnikov were great, and I think they were both very good today. Uh, they were, but that you know, there's only three stars. Right? No, they were very good, no doubt about it. But the other guys, I thought, stood out a little bit more, um, and they all happened to have a bunch of points too. Those are all multi-point scorers. The Hurricanes right. had five guys score, score multi-points today, uh, but. Yeah, man, those guys are those guys are workhorses for sure. Anything else that you feel like we should talk about? Maybe one more thing that I think is noticeable, um, other than I'm still waiting for Tavo Teravainen to come back. Um, yeah, but I did think that he was good on the penalty kill on the last three kills for Carolina, 
and maybe that helps get him going. He's such an underrated defensive player. Uh, that's good, but um, Jordan Martinook on the wing is a different player than Jordan Martinook at center. Oh, I thought Jordan Martinook was pretty good tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought he could have scored a couple of times. I thought he was active. He's you know doing the the, the hair on fire thing that we need Jordan Martinook to do. So I liked him a lot. I don't know, man. The only thing that's standing out to me more than anything is just the penalties. I mean, they've taken now five plus penalties in their last in uh, four of their last five games, um, and I mean that's just not a thing that you can do that regularly. No. So they got they got to figure out a way to stay out of the penalty box, especially if they're going to give up power play goals. I mean, they went three for seven on the kill against Chicago in the two game series. They gave one up early tonight in the first period after taking two back-to-back penalties. So, I mean, that's just that's just a, not a thing that they can continue to do. And, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, how much people read into this, but this is the point I was trying to make, you know, in one of the intermissions is that maybe sometimes it can be a sign of things that are going wrong for you defensively just because – you know, once you get yourself in a bad situation, mm-hmm. then you get a little bit desperate. And that's when you're trying to make up ground. And so you're grabbing, holding, hooking, slashing, whatever it, whatever it may be. And they keep getting caught for it. So stop getting caught. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, taking one, taking one in the face every game is, I think, an homage to Justin Williams getting the front <laughs> office job. Uh, yes, he scored off his face, though. Uh, yes, he did. Talk to me when Trocek or Pesci scores with their face. Yeah, yeah. Get a face, get a face goal, and then maybe you can, you too, can have a spot in uh, the Hurricanes front office. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, two years ago, Williams scored with his face and his junk. That's in, right. In the same season. How That's many, right. How one many of them people? was in Florida. I don't remember which one. The face one goal. of them was in Florida. The, okay. the, the one off the face, which I always thought was an indictment of Pesci because it was a Pesci slap shot that hit Willie in the cheek and went in, uh, and he came back to play in the game. <laughs> so I just think if you can't, you just broke a man's face, but he's able to come back and play, yeah, you got to work on your game, man. you got to work on your <laughs> shot. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, real quick about the officiating. Is that the weirdest thing in the world that they can go back and erase a penalty, but uh, yeah. not take the goal off the board, which should not have counted? Right. I don't understand. Why would they do that? Just just run with it. You know, if anything. Um, I, I don't know. It you made the call. Didn't make any sense. To, right. You, you, you made the call. You reviewed it. Right. And then you called it again. <laughs> so, what are we doing here? Like, just keep it moving. I mean, they probably should have taken the goal off the board, right? I, I mean, it, it makes sense to me if you take the penalty away. Or because, because it was a wraparound, why couldn't they just have gone and replayed the last, oh, however many minutes of the period? Call it an offside, take the goal off the board, play the last minute and a half of the period, and go from there. Yeah, I don't know. That was That was a part of the things I don't understand from tonight. It also goes in the bag with Nino Niederreiter going to the box for not fighting for five minutes. Five minutes for not fighting. He got a not fighting penalty tonight. That is interesting. 
That is yeah. interesting. Um, the only reason why one of his gloves came off, I think, was because uh, Max Domi took it. Um, there were also some strange, like the the Jordan Stahl interference call was kind of curious, especially since in the first period, Columbus interfered three times. They were all kind of maybe not enough to to uh, to warrant a penalty, but they were all interference, including uh, I think it was before the uh, the Lion A power play goal. Uh, the, somebody ran interference. Uh, you know, coming out of the defensive zone. I'm like, well, isn't that interference? No big deal. really wasn't much. But ultimately, a goal was scored. Um, And then Stahl goes to the box for something that was way less (laughs) than either of those three situations. It's just a weird game. Uh, And hockey's a hard game to officiate, so I'm not going to belabor the point. It is. And Rod tried to make the point afterwards that they need to do more replay. And I I was like, no, no more replay. He's a replay guy. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I understand from, you know, his perspective because he wants to get things right. And I understand that from really anyone's perspective. You know, it's like you got the technology, get it right. It's just that it it takes so much damn time. That's the problem. Yeah, he's... he's, And then then they don't get it right. Like tonight, they didn't get it right. (laughs) Uh, He's not so much a replay guy as he is a... He doesn't... He also doesn't like two officials. He wants one official. Yeah. He thinks one official would be better... Uh, than two. I don't know. They're they're in the way a lot, so maybe he's got that going for him. Uh, but I'd be all about three officials. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm uh, with that. I'm uh, cool with that. But I'm not a replay guy. Uh, all right. Somehow they're seven, uh, seven and two, and they haven't really played their game since they played Dallas on uh, you know eight days ago. So I I'll have to take that as a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the the Dallas game though, I feel like, I mean, that's 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 a standard there, right? But I mean, but that's but I mean, but that's the way they want to play. They want no, you know, no. I yeah, I get that, I get that. But it's like you know, we can't just be, we can't just you know, every time they give up, you know, six shots in a period as opposed to three, be upset about that. I mean, <laughs> but 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 yeah, there's you know, there's a certain like style that they want to get to that hasn't been as consistent as we would like for it to. I mean, I, I, I was trying to describe the system before the game today, because I, I noticed one guy on Twitter who had like reached out to everybody asking about the system. And I didn't really want to do it on Twitter. Cause it, I think it's a little too complicated of a, of an answer, but the way I look at it, if I, if I could summarize Rod's system into one word, it would be responsible. Like, <laughs> right. I, I don't because I, I I don't I wouldn't categorize it as a defensive minded system no. because I think he encourages aggressive offensive play. I mean, we see the defenseman jumping in to the action all the time, um, but the, I think the thing about it is is that you also have to be accountable for that in one way in one way shape or form. You know whether that's on a back check, whether that's covering for someone who is jumping into the play, you know, you got to be accountable on the other end of the ice too. And so that's, that's kind of the way that I look at the way they play. And, you know, it's, it's a buy-in factor. And, um, you know, not, not that people aren't like trying to do it, Mm -hmm. but it just hasn't necessarily come to fruition consistently yet this year well 
I think they're the way they want to play starts with a forecheck. And yeah. I think we saw, we saw a forecheck today. I, re, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think the forecheck was pretty evident today. Svechnikov steals the puck uh, from, um, what's the guy's name? I keep forgetting his, uh, uh, Gav. Cody. Whoever, 44. Uh, Svechnikov stole the puck from 44 uh, and fed Aho, who fed McGinn. Uh, Stahl and Dezingle behind the net, feeding Fogel. Um, the forecheck was evident today. Martinook behind the goal, uh, you know, hounding pucks. I, so we're starting to see the forecheck come back. Once we see that on a consistent basis, we'll be a lot closer to getting uh, to the way Carolina wants to play. Uh, so we just get to do it again tomorrow. Isn't that fun? It is fun. It's so much fun. Let's just keep going. You know, you, you got a good thing going. Don't stop. That's right. Let's play again tomorrow and then Tuesday and then two on Wednesday. That's right. Okay. Let's just do it. Alec Get it over with in like three months. <laughs> Seven, two, and oh. We'll, uh, we're going for eight tomorrow, sir. All right, man. We'll talk. Uh, all right. I will, uh, we'll do this again tomorrow. All right, man. Later. So there you go. The morning after podcast. Thanks to our friends at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. It's for the exterior of your home. You can find it at the Aluminum Company, online, aluminumcompany.com. Windows, entry doors, storm doors, roofing. Again, if it's outside of your house, you got to get it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Canes win it 6-5. They're 7-2 on the season. We'll do this again Monday night after the Canes and the Blue Jackets Part 2. I'm sure it will be Alex Nedeljkovic, Ohio native, uh, on the ice in the crease for the Canes. James Reimer struggled, but in the third period, was pretty doggone good. Helped him get a win. Uh, All right, so we will uh, see you Monday on the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Is getting your CPAP supplies a real pain? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers, and we are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Our streamlined process makes getting your CPAP as easy as one, two, three, and we ship anywhere in the state. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.